and welcome to another episode of Back Books for Beginners. I'm your host, John, and this week we are reviewing Birds of Prey, Black Canary, Batgirl. This was written by Chuck Dixon and features art by Greg Land, who can be currently found on Uncanny X-Men and X-Men Legacy. And he's also done the covers for Marvel Zombies 3, as well as the art for Nightwing. It was released as a one-shot in February 1998, and it reached 81 in the pre-orders chart, according to ComicCron.com. And it can be found very cheaply on Amazon and eBay. Hopefully this will be a lot better than Black Canary Huntress Manhunter. So let's delve into Birds of Prey, Black Canary, Batgirl. Legend tells of a caped crusader, Batman, guardian of New Gotham, and his one true love, Catwoman, the queen of the criminal underworld. Their passion left behind something extraordinary. A daughter, Huntress, half metahuman, she has taken up her father's mantle and fights to protect the innocent and helpless. Joining her in this struggle, Oracle, once Batman's protege, Batgirl. She was caught in the crossfire of the war between Batman and Joker. Now she fights crime a different way. A master of the cyber realms and trainer to heroes. Together they have taken in Dinah, a metahuman herself, with powers that she is only beginning to explore. These three are the protectors of New Gotham, the birds of prey. My name is Alfred Pennyworth and this is their story. We open with Black Canary being surrounded by armed gangsters all wearing hats. Batgirl arrives and together they take them out easily. They discover that the gunmen were being controlled by the Mad Hatter, hence the hat. Diana asks a lot of questions about Batgirl and also Batman as well, to the point of the annoyance for Batgirl, even going so far as to insist on following her around. They break into the building where Jervis' tech is holed up, and Hatter has control of Jeremiah Arkham, and he plans to release all of the inmates. Black Canary lists off all the people who will escape, and at the mention of the Joker, Babs has a flashback to the killing joke. The ladies are discovered, and a fight breaks out with Batgirl and Black Canary easily triumphing. Using the map bike and a convenient sidecar, they dash for Arkham Asylum to get there before Jervis. However, they are too late and the inmates attack Batgirl. She is captured and the villains try to decide what to do with her. But the Joker says that he will deal with her instead. However, before he can do anything, the villains leave to find Black Canary, promising to return soon. Diana returns and pushes for Batgirl to send her for Batman and to tell her where he is. But before she says anything, the world around Batgirl shatters and it turns out that it is in fact Spellbinder who has created an imaginary world to try and learn Batman's secret. It turns out that she was paid to take Oracle by a mystery man who wants her kidnapped. A car arrives and they head out to find Batman's secret hideout, but Oracle uses the time to bake free. When Spellbinder returns angry that Oracle naturally lied to her and sent her on a wild goose chase, Bab takes her out 
The issue ends with Barbara Gordon in the clock tower asking Black Canary to return as soon as possible. We see the armed guards return and we discover it is in fact Blockbuster who wants her dead. Whoops. Oh, big whoops. Any ideas? Just one. Hit it. So, uh, I thought this was enjoyable in places. There are some very, very good bits. I liked the effects of the killing joke that when she mentions the Joker, we're having these disturbing flashbacks. It's not something that you would get over quickly. And obviously there are going to be lingering bits of trauma that are going to be brought up. I don't believe that Barbara Gordon has encountered the Joker since the killing joke. And I think it would be interesting to explore how that's going to affect her and how she would deal with it. I think that could be a very interesting storyline. It was also interesting to see that being Batgirl was the most important thing in her life. Spellbinder clearly creates this world where it's fulfilling, like Jervis Tech does, it's fulfilling that person's dreams and fantasies. And it's interesting that she would naturally want to revert back to being Batgirl, especially considering that it was quite a large section of her life and obviously one that she clearly enjoys and one that she misses as well i thought the art was very good as well it was very clear and very easy to follow and it was very rare that any of the perspectives were off there were a couple of bits and pieces that i spotted but overall it didn't really mar my enjoyment of it at all and i thought it was very very excellent It was also well done in drawing all the villains. Sometimes it can be very difficult to draw a lot of them. And sometimes when people try and bite off more than they can chew, then they tend to suffer and we see terrible artwork. Characters that we're not quite sure who they're meant to be. But this was something that really didn't suffer from that problem. I know exactly who they were all meant to be. And they all had that very classic feel about them. Only slight thing I had was Zars, who appeared to be blonde, which I thought was a bit weird, but you know, it's just a small issue, really, and I can't take too much umbrage over that. The problems that I did have with it mainly come from Spellbinder. She seems to be the big plot hole. There's a lot of questions arising from her action. Why doesn't she link Batgirl and Barbara Gordon? Although she kind of goes, oh, well, you're crippled. That's a crazy dream. Surely she'd know about Barbara Gordon being shot. And if she's thinking about being Batgirl and she's having these flashbacks, it makes you wonder why she's having them. And Spellbinder just doesn't seem to put it together. Now, it could be that she's a traditional idiot, but... I kind of struggle to see that when she's created this world. She's obviously going to know how to fulfill people's fantasies and stimulate things and what people will automatically jump to. She knows that Babs is Oracle as well. She's been told that she's Oracle and Blockbuster clearly knows that it's her that's helping to to run the bat family so why she doesn't quite make that link as well also doesn't really make sense in my problem the thing that i found most frustrating is i really don't understand why blockbuster 
wants Oracle dead. It doesn't really make any sense. I don't think they've ever encountered each other. I could be wrong. We'll be reviewing Nightwing Renegade in a few weeks' time, so maybe it will be explained then. But I still didn't really understand why Blockbuster was going after her and not focusing on Nightwing. But like I said, maybe this will be explained later and I'll have an, oh, oh, I knew that kind of moment. However, if it doesn't, I'm still left really wondering what on earth is going on. But those are really the only major plot holes that I tended to find. I don't think it's a terrible issue. This is Chuck Dixon doing his usual... Sometimes he tends to phone in the issues and I do occasionally think that he bites off way too much and he does suffer for that. I would probably reluctantly lump this into, into that camp, but as I said, I don't think it's a particularly terrible issue either. So I'm going to give it three out of five Batarangs. So that's my review of Birds of Prey, Black Canary and Batgirl. It's not one really that I would pick up necessarily out of choice, but considering it's about £3 on eBay, I think it's something I'll probably invest in. Well, thank you very much for listening once again, and now I'm going to hand you back over to Dustin and the guys. (laughs) 